0: Hi, I'm Aaron from the Files Obscura podcast. Along with Vlad and Cece, we cover a variety of dark or obscure topics sure to pique your curiosity. We welcome you to join our conversation each week, whether we talk about theories to an unsolved case or speculate and discuss on more broad questions in life, such as future tech, the paranormal, or dark parts of your psyche. You can find new episodes every Tuesday on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you want to stay up to date, consider following our Twitter and Instagram page or join our Discord group. We can't wait to see you there.
1: Hey guys, this is Crystal. And I'm Elle. And welcome back to Alternative Interests. Welcome back. Thanks for sharing us with your friends. Thanks for coming back yourselves.
0: Thank you.
1: I think we can just kind of jump in. We don't really have any business. I never have business. It's very seldom. Yeah. I try not to until the end because I know people usually like to hear us just kind of get started. And when we're done talking, you can just stop listening to us.
0: Yeah. That's what I like normally. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I am. I'm that person who skips everything. (laughs) I'm that asshole. Whoa. I didn't mean that. I am not an asshole. (laughs) And they aren't assholes, but I am one of you. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Some so it depends on my mood. So, like, depending on if I feel like hearing some chit chat, it changes which show I listen to because I have a couple shows that like just mm. get right down to it.
0: Yeah. Well, it's the uh the busy work beforehand. I always skip it because I don't feel like it's relevant towards me. <laughs> oh,
1: I like I like getting to know the host, so I like listening to it sometimes. Wow,
0: I mean, okay. Two different people <laughs> yep usually i'm the mean one i know but here's the <laughs> thing <laughs> i'm like superficial like if it doesn't do me anything i yeah. don't care i get it yeah sorry guys i mean
1: That's let's get sorry. to it <laughs> Uh, today's episode was requested by Suzanne Robertson. Thank you so much. Yeah, I didn't know anything. I had never heard of this case before. Neither have I. And actually, Suzanne mentioned when she requested it that no other podcast has covered this before, which I did a double check. I couldn't find any episodes on it.
0: So we'd be the first. We're like we
1: might be. First comment status. <laughs> Possibly, but it's insane to me that this has not been covered. By anyone else, just because there's so much that happened because of this.
0: I mean, where is it? Washington. Uh, this took place in Washington. Yeah, I'm gonna, um, spoil alert that. Maybe that's why I don't feel like too many people talk. Um, I'm not trying to diss, and maybe it's because of like the podcasts I listen to. You. They don't really focus on like Washington. We have too much going on. That's Or like we overfocus.
1: That's funny because most of the podcasts I listen to do focus on Washington because, because we have so much going
0: God, on. We have so much going on here. <laughs> so many issues.
1: Okay. Well, I mean Yeah. So what what's crazy about me, like not this not being covered, is that it resulted in something really, really good happening and you don't really get very many happy endings with true crime
0: stories yeah not normally
1: and that's what I mean it's not an overwhelmingly happy ending but it's an overall happy ending if that makes sense it'll make sense at the end we can get going (laughs) Wednesday December 11th 1974 was unseasonably warm in Clearview Washington so anyone who doesn't live in the Pacific Northwest we don't really get a winter most of the time yeah yeah we get like the rainy season and the not rainy season.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, on the west side, on the east side, they get snow. Yeah. But they... it's like, unless you're in like the northeast part of Washington or up in the mountains. Or up in the mountains. Yeah. We don't really get there's, winter. Yeah. There's like the section of Washington that gets like a, a kind of a winter. But yeah. it's like a very bipolar winter that's really like maybe a month long. And then we're, we're back to nothing. Yeah. And the rest of Washington, like in the stereotypical
1: foresty part of Washington, yeah. because most people don't know that the desert side exists. <laughs> we
0: just think it's a part of Idaho. I'm sorry, my friends.
1: Yeah. Most people don't realize that eastern Washington is actually very dry and nice and sunny and hot and basically desert over there. Yeah. No. But over here on the west side, we get, I mean, winter, occasionally we might get snow, but it's not very frequent.
0: But if it's like 90, like half an inch on the ground, school's canceled. <laughs> it's great. <Yeah. laughs> or,
1: I mean, even if we get a heavy hail, school will be oh, two yeah. hours late.
0: Yeah. That happened many times when I was younger. S- kind of the same. I only was over here for my uh, senior year. So, yeah. Anyway.
1: But I'm imagining they're calling it unseasonably warm. I didn't look up weather reports for the day, but I'm guessing it was one of those like sunny days we get here where like the, if you're standing in the sun, it feels good on your skin, Mm -hmm. but the air is still kind of chilly. So it's still, it's a nice day to be outside in December. Wait,
0: where is Clearview?
1: Clearview? I'm getting there. Okay. Sorry. Clearview is a small town about (laughs) 30 minutes north of Seattle. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's kind of like normal. Yeah. That's normal. So most of the area, like the Seattle area, was actually kind of freaking out around this time, because if you don't know, Ted Bundy's first victim was actually killed in February of 1974, and he killed several women in the area. So a bunch of women were going missing, and the whole area was kind of freaking out about it. Good
0: old Ted. Teddy. Teddy. Good old daddy. Good job. Not really. Okay, that's me being so sarcastic. <laughs> Good job, dad.
1: Um, so even though Clearview was only about 30 minutes from Seattle, people really weren't concerned. It was one of those kind of sleepy small towns where people were like, oh, nothing bad ever happens here. Nothing bad ever happens here. But and that's oops. why bad things happen there. Yep. You guys jinx it. But also with a name like Clearview, it just kind of sounds like a... A nice little place. Yeah, they I ha- have a conserved, uh, environmental conservation area called Paradise Valley, like what? ten minutes away.
0: Never mind. Okay, this place is slightly perfect, and it can never have anything bad happen.
1: Right. It sounds like a cute little
0: town. I, I picture it, is it by the water? Because I picture it like kind of waterfront, like little it's not, old town. It's
1: actually more towards the east.
0: Oh, okay. So it's, still...
1: it's up near Edmonds and Shoreline, but it's further inland than the okay. two of
0: those. Okay. Well, I picture it as a little town with a lake by it. <laughs> Because you know like, all those cute perfect little towns have a lake.
1: There's this cute little town all the fifth graders in this area go up to an old army fort. It. It's called Camp Casey and you uh-huh. camp there for a few days. It's part of school. It's a fun field trip and there's this little town that you make a day trip to during the the whole trip as a whole and it's like it's like Leavenworth, but, oh okay, but Leavenworth is more like Christmassy and Swiss themed. Mm-hmm. Coopville is just like a cute, lazy little town. So yeah. that's kind of what I picture when I'm thinking of Clearview.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I'm picturing more Leavenworth. Yeah, maybe
1: Leavenworth without the Swiss theme.
0: Yeah, Leavenworth without the Swiss theme. That's what I'm picturing. Hmm. So okay. Cute. Well, <laughs> Renee
1: Wickland decided to take advantage of the nice day, like any good Washingtonian.
0: Yeah. If it's nice in December, you're going to go outside. Freak! I was hiking in January. Yeah. So if anybody wants to know how not cold it gets here,
1: <laughs> it it can get pretty chilly, but on like, a
0: nice day,
1: like. All of Washington gets out and they're in the yeah. sun. We take advantage. So she decided to use the day to work outside in her yard. And she actually decided that she was going to wash the exterior of the windows on her house. Hmm. Keeping it clean. Um, and that's her husband was at work. And mm-hmm. she had a daughter. And I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong. It's spelled like Hannah with an S. So Shanna. Shanna. That's kind of cute. It could be Shauna, but I, it looks more like Shanna, so I'm going to pronounce it Shanna because I couldn't find anything anywhere mm-hmm. that gave a pronunciation of her name. So oh, I like Shanna.
0: It's kind of cool. It's different. I like it. Same.
1: So she was going to have her daughter play outside with her, mm-hmm. have her daughter get some sun, get some fresh air. Yeah. And she was going to get some fresh air so that uh, she could clean and her house would be nice and fresh when her husband came home from work.
0: Wow. That's good. Nice little housewife. Nice little housewife.
1: So while she was cleaning her windows, she actually saw a man walking up her driveway, which was a little bit odd. Her property had about an acre of yard and it was surrounded by trees. So Mm -hmm. she could kind of see her neighbor's house like they were within shouting distance, but they were kind of closed in. So having someone walking up the driveway was like weird it's not like a residential neighborhood where someone coming up the driveway means they're literally on the sidewalk but this is Mm -hmm. like he has to intentionally turn down the road to come to her house down this driveway so she kind of looks at him and she described him as young tall with reddish hair Mm -hmm. and she kind of made eye contact with him and he turned around and started walking the other way and so she figured like Hey, he must just have the wrong house. He thought he was going somewhere else. He's back on his way. Mm -hmm. So she needed to run inside to get some more rags. She was out of clean rags. So, you know, quick thing. You don't need to scoop up your child to bring her inside for that. So she (gasps) runs inside, grabs some rags. She looks out the window and she sees this man coming back down the driveway. But this time he's moving faster. Run outside. Run outside. Get the girl. Get the baby. Ah! (laughs) That is exactly what she thought. Like, literally. So, she is thinking, this guy is coming for my baby. I'm freaking out right now. She runs outside. She scoops up her daughter, and she runs back inside. Oh, God. But this guy is too fast. What? No. He gets to her front door before she can lock it, and he forces his (gasps) way in.
0: No. Why is this? (sighs) I hate men.
1: So, I'm just going to warn everyone, there is violence against children in this episode. No. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> so he gets inside and he actually holds a knife to Shanna's throat, the little no. two-year-old baby. And he demands that Renee undress herself and perform oral sex on him. In front of the two-year-old. Basically. No. So That's she disgusting. she does it because she's thinking, I just need to give this guy what he wants. Save my baby because he's literally holding a knife to this little girl's throat. Do mom of the year award right there. Seriously, this woman is crazy. So she does it. And there was um, one report that said that he also sodomized her. But it was only one report. So I don't know how much credibility to give it. Yeah. But that that it does exist somewhere. So I'm just letting everyone know if you see that it I don't I don't know how accurate it is
0: okay Uh,
1: this this asshole (laughs) after raping this woman said thanks and then left what that's it I'm done you're not even close to done no so she quickly redresses scoops up Shanna and then runs to her neighbor across the street wait, wait so one second I'm sorry I'm I'm a little stuck on him just leaving <laughs> that's it he just he was just like thanks and then he left because later on and I, I'm actually just about to get to it Renee gave a ridiculously thorough account of what happened okay and that was one of the details she gave is that after this is all said and done he was just like thanks and then he left
0: that's so psycho Okay. Weird, right? It's really weird that he didn't do okay, like anything else. Okay.
1: So she scoops up Shanna. She runs across the street to her neighbors, the mm-hmm. Hendricksons, and from there they actually call the Snohomish County Sheriff's Office. Good. So Renee, like I said, Renee was able to give a really thorough description of the attack and also of the man because you know she got a pretty decent look at him when he was walking yeah. down the driveway the first time and then I don't think she was blindfolded during the actual attack so she was able to like remember a Mm -hmm. bunch of stuff she actually was able to tell the police that she remembered a faint whiff of alcohol on his breath
0: too okay wow that's impressive I gotta say that is really for a traumatic experience like that and you to remember all those things that's impressive
1: I think it's more impressive that she remembered it right away because usually like stuff like yeah. that gets repressed really quickly. So yeah. it takes a little bit of coaxing to get those details out. It sounds like she was just on it yeah. from the start.
0: Well, yeah, that's that's when I'm like super impressed with it. <laughs> like, yeah. Dang. So
1: detectives actually kind of already knew who she was describing. <laughs> it was a man named Charles Rodman Campbell. Well, fuck you, Charles. <laughs> So, we're going to learn a little bit about Charles now. Charles was born in Hawaii, and he had two sisters. One of his sisters had some birth defects that actually left her unable to walk. Oh, that's sad. It is really sad. And I don't know exactly when it happened over the course of his childhood, but sometime in his childhood, his parents actually moved to Edmonds, Washington. Mm -hmm. And that's where his grandparents lived. His mother... Uh, There's not a whole lot of information on his family. So his mother was just a sales clerk. Like, okay, that's that's literally all I could find about her. And his father was a violent alcoholic mm. and he beat the children. Oh. When I when I read that. My first thought was I sincerely hope he did not beat the disabled child.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's a special place. Verb. assholes who do that <laughs> yeah
1: what's sad is that charles was actually regularly bullied at school because oh. his daughter not his daughter because his sister uh was disabled he got teased for what? that oh
0: which doesn't make any sense no it doesn't that, that's not something he could control right okay, i can say i can see them teasing her and then him standing up yeah. for her and maybe getting some of it but like no. Yeah, no he was
1: teased because he had a sister that was disabled.
0: Children are horrible sometimes to other children.
1: Right. But then they also teased him because he was born in Hawaii. What? That's the coolest thing. That doesn't make any sense either. Like children are shitheads. Like They really are. So eventually his parents actually ended up abandoning all of the kids with the grandparents. Oh. Yeah, they just they parents. didn't they didn't care to be parents so they just kind of like shoo shoo over to the pa- grandparents house. But what's sad is the grandparents didn't really know what to do with the kids so all of them just kind of got neglected. Charles actually grew up to be a really angry and resentful kid and honestly I don't blame I him.
0: do not blame him at all. For that. For being resentful towards people and maybe even being slightly like. And acting an- out a little yeah, bit. Yeah and acting out and maybe being a jerk to people. Attacking other people. I don't. Cannot justify. Yeah, Charles actually started getting in trouble with the
1: law in his teens. <sighs> and, you know, with an upbringing like this, when you're neglected by both your parents and I then mean, your your grandparents as your guardians. Yeah. You're, you're going to act out. It's kind of what happens. Honestly, he was probably looking for some kind of attention from yeah. someone that he, he just was not getting. He needed
0: some form of attention, validation. He needed control because that's like one thing from studying children a little bit is that they actually kind of like a kind of like a dog (laughs) they uh are drawn to authority so like sometimes i wonder if that's why kids get in trouble a lot (laughs) because the authority part of it
1: honestly it is because so many children and this isn't this isn't for all kids but some kids They don't have any sort of structure in their life. Yeah. So it's almost like they get in trouble so that they can have access to structure. Yeah. Which is really sad. And the attention that they get out of it, which is another big thing. A lot of neglected kids. Because when you're not getting attention at home, Mm -hmm. just being yourself is like you have to do something drastic to get the attention. Especially from like
0: adults. Yes.
1: And I feel like that's what happened with Charles. and Which I feel horrible for. It it just didn't turn out well for him. Yeah. So okay. he actually ended up dropping out of high school and he ended up marrying a twenty two year old woman. Okay. I don't know how old he was. I saw one place say he was nineteen, but I couldn't find a source for that. Hmm. Maybe he just likes them older then. <laughs> well, they were divorced less than a year later. Sounds familiar. <laughs> and his ex wife actually had a baby. Oh. Well like with him? Yes, with okay. him. Okay. Hmm. He was ordered to pay $75 a month in child support. That's nothing. We're talking about the 70s and 80s. Okay. 60s, 70s? Yeah. Okay. And he was actually not given visitation rights because it was found that he was neglectful and abusive to both his ex-wife and his daughter.
0: I wonder... I mean... This is just w- the cycle repeating itself. Yeah, here. I was going to say this is definitely, I wonder why, but like, I I don't. And I shouldn't say, I wonder why he's doing this because. You know why. I it's, know why. And it's something that <clears throat> you shouldn't. You should break the cycle, man. Come on. It's
1: hard to break the cycle when you're not given the tools to break the cycle, though. And he definitely was not. No. So his criminal record was actually peppered with thefts, burglary, burglaries, drug charges, and larceny, just to name a few. <laughs> At the time that he attacked Renee, he actually had charges already pending against him for carrying a concealed weapon, oh assault, and resisting
0: arrest. Oh, God. So wait, if he had a concealed weapon, I does it say like what kind? Or... No. Because I was going to say, if he broke in and was there, he might have... Had something... Wow. Okay. He might have had something on him. That would have been scary.
1: Well, he had the knife on him when he got there. So...
0: Oh. You know, carrying maybe. a knife
1: that's big enough c- counts as a concealed weapon. True, 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 true. So, I really don't know what happened. But it took them two years to catch him.
0: Two years? Yeah.
1: I don't know what happened. He
0: could have freaking done a lot more harm.
1: Well... Thankfully, when they actually picked him up, Renee picked him out of a lineup right away. Oh, yeah, because she's a badass.
0: Yeah. (laughs) She's a badass, and she's like, I remember you. I have it etched in my mind because you're an asshole.
1: (laughs) So he was taken to trial, and Renee and her neighbor testified against him. Good. He was found guilty of first-degree rape,
0: and he was sentenced to 30 years in prison. Okay, how long is no- a normal like rape prison sentence? Because I would, years.
1: it would depend on the severity, uh, it would depend on secondary charges, no. it would depend on what the law was at the time because mm-hmm. laws about this stuff change every now and then. So he was sentenced to 30 years with a minimum of seven years, so he would be eligible for parole in seven years Gross. essentially. He was also sentenced at the same time for those pending charges he had, Mm -hmm. and those would be served concurrently with his 30-year sentence, so he was uh, charged 15 years for those. Okay. So, after the trial, really sad, but Renee and her husband ended up separating due to the stress of the attack. She just, Mm -hmm. she couldn't get over it, so they ended up separating. You know what?
0: I'm really sad for her. But, and I don't blame her for being super stressed and traumatized. But that's kind of like, I mean, she's, I don't know where I was going with that. I was going to be like, I feel really bad that they're getting divorced.
1: I do too. I feel bad for it. But at the same time, I kind of get it that yeah. when you're that stressed, you just need to take care of yourself mm-hmm. and a relationship might be too much. I don't know everything that went into it. I just know that it was, it was a direct result of the attack is why they got divorced that's really sad so she actually took some time to raise her daughter on her own mm. and she had her own in-home business she God, was, she's
0: a she's freaking like
1: badass right so she was an accountant for a bunch of local beauty parlors wow and she also helped students find student loans so mm-hmm. they could go to beautician school She's so cool. Yeah, I mean, that's so nice. She's kind of working both ends of the spectrum there, which is really cool. Her family has the worst luck because Jack, her ex-husband, was attacked in 1977. By who? A man walked into his house. And this is from Jack. So Jack actually survived this attack. Mm -hmm. He told, after he was in the hospital and he was able to speak again... He told investigators that a man walked into his house. So he was actually attacked in late December to early January. Yeah. This man walked into his house with holding a package, wished him a Merry Christmas, and then proceeded to tie him to a chair. What? Pour gasoline on him and light him on fire. Uh,
0: Excuse me? And remember I said he survived it yeah that's why i'm like excuse me right okay first this dude okay first lock your doors yeah <laughs> <laughs> you guys lock your
1: doors and also consider this is the 70s lock your doors
0: <laughs> yeah people didn't do that back then i actually after watching that 70s show for so long i kind of know that because everybody just walked, it just in, walked in, in yeah
1: <laughs> um so, uh, this dude i mean badass renee was married to badass jack really because he survived
0: i know that's his which is so crazy but was he did he like have really bad injuries was he in the hospital he did it was really sad so
1: when you have gasoline poured on you and you're lit on fire okay Well, yeah (laughs) you're gonna have a lot of scarring yeah The more sad part of this is he actually had to wear a special rubber bodysuit to protect his skin. Oh that's sad. Really sad. And then four months after the attack,
0: he died in a car crash. What? Really sad. That would be the worst. Like I survived being burned alive just to four months later get into a car accident.
1: What's crazier? Police never determined if it was an accident or if it was someone finishing the job
0: what okay, what kind of stuff was jack into like
1: you'll you'll learn that i mean I have theories about who did this, but police never never found who attacked him in the first place uh-huh. and his car crash i guess it was there was this um The place that he crashed was on this notorious, like, really dangerous curve in the road. But it was a road he drove all the time. Yeah. So they didn't know if it was, like, purely an accident. Or if he was trying to kill himself because Mm -hmm. his existence was pretty sad at this point. Yeah. Or if it was someone that killed him because they didn't kill him when they lit him on fire.
0: I kind of believe the killed him because they didn't kill him before.
1: Yeah. So Renee actually, after her ex-husband died, she told her family and friends that she lived in constant fear that something would happen to her again.
0: Aww. Because obviously, I mean, this is
1: two different things that have happened yeah. to her family. Three things, technically. Yeah, technically. So meanwhile... In Monroe Reformatory, Charles Charles Campbell was serving his time, but he was living it up. Fuck him. So there's a podcast I listen to called Ear Hustle, and Mm -hmm. I love it. It is prison life told from the perspective of currently serving inmates. OK. And they make it in the prison. It's actually one of the programs they have because prisons have all these different programs that That's inmates
0: can do. Kind of really cool.
1: Actually. It's really cool. And yeah. it's really, really interesting and really good timing. I actually just listened to an episode the other day that talked about everyone's nicknames. Uh-huh. Apparently, it's just it's a thing. Everyone has a nickname. OK. Charles's nickname was One Punch. And it's because he was known for having a temper and known for using his fists. (laughs) And I guess he was so, like, in shape that, like, if he hit you, it was like one punch and you were done.
0: That kind of, there's this, um, there's this anime called One Punch. (laughs) But he's not as cool as the guy in the anime called One Punch. No, he's not really called One Punch, but One Punch Man. It's... I mean, similar concept, though, like... hmm I hate him.
1: Yeah, so he was...
0: Trash. He was known
1: that... Oh, I have not even scratched the surface. Let's keep trash. going, man. He was known for bullying fellow inmates. He's a... Trash. Okay, <laughs> keep going. And he trafficked drugs while he was in jail. <sighs> Some reports say the guards knew this was happening.
0: Fuck that. Yeah. I can't.
1: And apparently the years that he was in jail, he was like openly stewing with rage and he would blame Renee for him being there because, you know, it's her fault that she's in that he is in jail.
0: Yeah, it's her fault that he raped her and put a knife up to her child's throat and he it's her fault that he came into ran into her house, barged in and did all these things. Yep. It's all my. It's always the woman's fault.
1: Yeah, so in uh I don't rem- I don't know exactly what month, but it was late 1981. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind this is 7 years after the attack and God, 5 no. years Do after not. he was uh put in jail.
0: Do not I know what you're about to tell me. Do he not was paroled. Fuck for good behavior for good behavior mr let me let me let me go back on these notes <laughs> mr <Mister laughs> anger issues one punch <laughs> is
1: drug get, trafficking drug asshole.
0: trafficking asshole is getting out for good parole. um okay for good behavior okay um i don't want to tell law enforcement has to do their job. Oh, (laughs) man. um, I just feel like if somebody's nickname is One Punch and they're known to have a temper, they probably shouldn't get out of jail for good behavior. I will send you a link for this episode
1: because hearing some people's nicknames, um, (laughs) they're just, they're crazy. So uh, just really quick, I guess this one guy didn't understand that you you needed a nickname the first time he was in jail so like his inmate was this big buff guy okay and he's like what's your name and i can't remember it. he's like my name's jesse or jason or something uh-huh. like that and he's like yeah but what's your name he's like jason <laughs> he's like but what do i call you but I'm what
0: do like, like jason
1: <laughs> and he's like that'd be me <laughs> no we gotta we gotta find you something so he was like by the end of tomorrow we're gonna have you a name so he's trying to figure out like what do you like? What what are your hobbies? And That's so okay. Well to That's give him weird. a name because yeah. your nickname has to be something about you. But it's, so he's he's like picking at him and finally he's like, "Well, I I'm kind of into cars. Like I think they're cool." <laughs> he's like, "We got something there." So the next morning, he's like, "Have you thought of a name?" And this guy being a total like smart ass, he's like manifold. <laughs> manifold,
0: <laughs> and his cellmate was like
1: yeah badass so his nickname was manifold for a while
0: manifold
1: yeah <laughs> nicknames mean nothing
0: <laughs> okay. <sighs> okay we're
1: gonna keep going so it sounds like charles was released on good, he, he was paroled. Fuck. It sounds like he was put in what sounds like a halfway house, but like a more restrictive one.
0: Good. because mean, at least. Well, they
1: called it a work release residence. Yeah, whatever. Which sounds like a halfway house with like a little bit more rules. Um, It was located in Everett, which is about 10 miles away from Clearview.
0: That's too close.
1: I'm going to say right now, the parole board actually would later claim that Charles Campbell's record had been concealed from them. Huh? Yeah, they claimed that some of his infractions while he was in jail weren't properly recorded and provided to them. Huh. I think they just fucked up real good and they don't want to admit it. Which is, it's law enforcement, of course they don't want to admit it.
0: Yeah. Um. Hmm. I
1: just... So, the minimum sentence he was supposed to serve was seven years. Some places say seven and a half, but seven, seven
0: and a half. He served less than six. Fuck everything. I am done. I'm done.
1: Through public records requests, Charles got copies of trial transcripts from his trial.
0: I'm about to flip this table.
1: Because... You state your name and your address before <gasps> you give your testimony. I'm done. I'm leaving right now. He got the Hendricksons and Renee's addresses. I'm leaving. In January 1982, Renee and the Hendricksons both actually reported saying that they found large footprints in the snow outside their homes.
0: I'd be so scared.
1: Renee had this dog also that around the same time they saw the footprints
0: nothing should happen to the dog no
1: no the dog was just freaking out like barking and i guess this dog never really barked so that kind of ramped it up i mean she's already freaking out yeah saying that she's always afraid Because of one, what happened to her and two, what happened to her ex-husband. Mm-hmm. But now she's seeing footprints in the snow outside her house. I would be crying. And her
0: regularly chill dog is like freaking out at something outside. I would outside. be crying. I'd be calling the police and crying and being like, there's somebody outside my house.
1: So Easter Sunday oh, that God. year was April 11th, 1982. Renee was actually diagnosed with strep throat and she was ordered to bed rest. So Wednesday the 14th, Barbara Hendrickson, her neighbor, had been friends with her. She and Barbara grew really close after her attack and they were just like the cutest neighbors. And this is like Barbara went by to check on her while
0: she was sick. If you tell me anything happens to these Hendricksons folks, I'm going to scream in this mic. And you're looking at me and I'm going to stop. Okay. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. No. <laughs> so
1: she she went by and she checked on her that morning. Yeah. And Renee was in bed watching TV trying to read the typical stuff yeah. you do when you're in bed sick. So Barbara said she would come and check by on her again later that afternoon. hmm And, like, Barbara is the freaking cutest. Yeah. Like, this adorable best neighbor. Yeah. I hate people. I don't want people coming into my house. (laughs) But, like, I would love a neighbor like Barbara. But (laughs) at the same time, so this is really funny. I say that I hate people and, like, stay out of my house. Don't check on me. But I am the Barbara neighbor. (laughs) Like, I'm I'm the one that, like, you're... You're the one holding, like, the little pie and, like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, or, like, if I hear, like, if I hear you're sick, I'm probably going to come over and, like, tap on your door and be like, can I get you something? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's, I'm, I'm not Barbara. (laughs) I mean, I,
1: I actually left a note for my downstairs neighbor because she was, uh, during COVID, I could tell she was laid off because her car never moved. Yeah. Um, I actually left her a note with my phone number on it so that she could text me if she needed groceries,
0: Gosh, Crystal over here. She's a freaking saint. (laughs) Saint.
1: I have to take a moment right now and get ready to scream. Oh, Renee was never informed that Charles was
0: released. Isn't that like a big, big thing that you're supposed to do? Apparently they didn't. I just. And
1: actually at the time there was no law requiring it. I'm going to throw
0: this mic at the wall
1: <laughs> so I'm actually going to tell the story from Don Hendrickson's point of view right now that is Barbara's husband so he said that that, that Wednesday um, Barbara went out to get the mail from the mailbox and Shanna, uh, Renee's daughter, who is actually nine years old at this point <sighs> was walking home from school so Barbara told Shanna, hey when you go inside, tell your mom I'm going to come over in a few minutes. I'm going to make her some jello because, you know, strep throat, she can't eat a yeah. whole lot, but that'll be nice and soothing on her throat. So I'm going to come over and I'm going to make that for her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So then Barbara left the house really shortly afterward to go over to the house. I mean, it's just right across the street. Yeah. Bring the mail inside, grab supplies for jello, walk back out a yeah. couple minutes. Barbara didn't return home after about two hours, so Don decided...
0: <laughs> so
1: mad. Don decided to go over and just check on things. He walked into the house, and this is like the creepiest no. horror movie status thing I can think of to walk in. It's literally a horror movie.
0: I just can't.
1: So... I'm gonna cry. Uh, the sliding glass door was slightly open. Oh, that's so creepy. He walked into the house and it was silent. No, except the kitchen faucet was running.
0: That's just like extra creep. Like you know they did that on
1: purpose. So I'm going to I'm going to kind of walk you through the house. Um oh, the kitchen God. faucet was on. A chair, a kitchen chair had been completely toppled over. He walked a few steps further into the house, and he saw his wife lying in a pool of blood. And her
0: throat had been slashed. I'm going to flip the table. I'm mad. He kept going into the bedrooms.
1: Because Barbara was at the hallway that led to the back bedrooms. (sighs) He walks into the house, and he found Shanna and Renee in the bedroom, laying side by side with both of
0: their throats slit as well. I'm pissed. Yeah. Like, piss doesn't even really describe how I'm feeling right now with emotions.
1: So, a couple little details. Shanna had been nearly decapitated. How? That's how forcefully she had had her throat slit. And her earlobes were torn, where her earrings were literally ripped out of her ears. Renee had some of her clothing removed. Oh my god. She was covered in bruises and an autopsy later confirmed that her
0: genitals had been mutilated with a knife. Because I know Charles did this. He's a piece of shit. Like, total trash, bottom of the gutter, you don't want, freaking it the clown is better than him, (laughs) like, chilling in the gutter.
1: You're thinking exactly what the police thought. Immediately they were like Charles Campbell. Because then they didn't So what's even crazier? The sheriff's office didn't even know that Charles was released.
0: What? Yeah. So nobody told anybody in this community no that this man was released. No. But Campbell was still their first suspect. Which is so crazy that And the crazy part is, is that, I mean, if they think he's still in jail and they're like, oh, my God, this is like the first person to come to mind. Mm -hmm. Like, but they let him out early. I think that's a problem. Just a little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit of a problem. My fingernails are just, you know, barely almost touching.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So the sheriff's figured stuff out pretty quickly and they were actually able to go to the work release facility where he was staying yeah and they realized that this was not a very well-maintained i'm gonna call it a halfway house from here on out there was little to no supervision
0: are you freaking kidding me i'm gonna freaking scream
1: so charles was a
0: fucking idiot because he was caught when he was coming home are you you're kidding how can this man no, I can't. Okay, how? So he was—he was clearly
1: under the influence of something. God. When they did a blood test to figure out like what he was under, I'm—I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna read you a list. A list. A list. She said a list, guys. First and foremost, his blood alcohol content was three times the legal limit. I actually did some research because I didn't know if the legal limit was 0.08 back then like it is now. Yeah. I couldn't find anything saying if it was or wasn't. Mm-hmm. But three times the legal limit, even at today, that's, that's a 0.24. Lot. That is so high.
0: That's like,
1: I don't want to be around you. <laughs> it's, it's so much. And granted, remember, I said there was a list of things in his system. And that's just one of them. What I did find in my research is actually really interesting. The 0.08 limit wasn't imposed until 1998. So oh, I don't know if Washington's was higher back then. I could not find anything. Saying. It was higher. It may have been higher because in some states it was higher before the 0.08 limit came in. What I did find is that actually currently the state of Washington has penalties for like an escalate. So if you're driving at 0.08, obviously yeah. you get in trouble. Mm-hmm. There's an escalated penalty if you're driving at 0.15. Interesting, actually. I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: So other things in his system. Oh, my God. Morphine. Oh. Codeine. Oh. Quinine. No way. Methadone.
0: Uh, and cocaine. <gasps> just icing on the cake. Just all kinds of shit in there. <laughs> just, you know, just really mixing it up. How many ways do you need to get high? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know.
1: And I I didn't do any research. I don't know if these are all uppers. I don't know if a couple of them are downers. Yeah. Because I don't know if maybe he had cocaine that was laced with all this stuff or he had morphine that was laced with all this stuff. Yeah. I didn't get a
0: breakdown of the percentages, but he had all that stuff in his system. I mean, I would. I don't have too much experience with this kind of stuff. Um. I'm gonna put that out there, but I feel like there's very few things that you should mix together because if you don't, if you mix them together, you kind of get a little psycho, or you you risk dying. Yeah, you you could die. You go super psycho, or but
1: people like to cut their drugs with stuff these days because when you get a better high, you have a better product, and people want yours and not theirs. Yeah. Anyway. Since drug and alcohol use was not supposed to be allowed at this halfway house, they actually yeah. used this to take him into custody right away.
0: Oh. Good, good. on. Them.
1: <laughs> so although Washington State Washington State has an active death penalty. Good. It's an option what? here. I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> it's not something we're known for. Like, you know, Texas and Florida uh-huh. are both known well, for I the death penalty. Well, I feel like penalty. they do it. And and they use it they use and they it. execute often. Yeah. Washington, not so much. Yeah.
0: People were so angry about this murder. I would be, I'm over here angry at this murder.
1: Like 30 years later? 30
0: years later.
1: Almost 40 years later.
0: Damn. Oh, man.
1: People were so angry about this that there was actually a petition started at a local grocery store where Barbara and Renee regularly shopped. Yeah. People from this like statewide traveled to sign this petition, good, demanding Um, the death penalty for him.
0: This is the people coming together for the greater good.
1: So, in May of 1982, Campbell pled not guilty. Are you freaking kidding me? Because of course he did. He had they had a rock solid case against this guy because. Charles Campbell yeah. is is damn idiot. There was a big bloody handprint left in Renee's home. Oh my god! Obviously, Charles's. He had stolen a bunch of jewelry from the house uh-huh. and tried to sell it. And people testify the like, yeah, I, I, he tried to sell this to me on Wait, that day.
0: What on the day he did it? Wow, he's real bad. Well, at right this. because
1: he was caught basically the same day. Yeah, his ex-wife because he has an ex-wife. Remember, yeah, he yeah, married and that a child. Girl. Yeah. She also testified that in March, one month before the murders, mm-hmm. she had gone to the police to try and file a complaint against him. Mm-hmm. Because she said that from Christmas to that point, he was repeatedly breaking into her home and raping her. What? Police said she didn't have enough cause or enough of a case to take him to trial for I'm this. I'm throwing it.
0: I'm throwing the mic. I'm so mad right now. Charles's girlfriend... He had a girlfriend? This is a story. and He I, had a girlfriend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who would date that monster? Okay, give me... I have to say this whole thing. Please don't interrupt. Be, and I know you're going to want to. I'm,
0: walking. I'm going as far away from the mic as possible right now. Okay.
1: So while Charles was serving his sentence for attacking Renee that first time, he met a nun who was working as a volunteer in the prison and she was working as a drug and alcohol counselor. They got a little too close and actually that that podcast ear hustle does an episode on this. It's called overfamiliarity and volunteer programs are very strict about overfamiliarity with volunteers mm-hmm. and they have rules that, you know, if you're starting to feel like you're getting overfamiliar, yeah you need to quit the program. They're like, if you want to quit the program and then go be in a relationship with them, do it, but you cannot do that and be a volunteer. It is mm-hmm. not allowed. Yeah. It it risks the integrity of the volunteer programs when that happens. That makes so the programs sense. are always like, this woman was a nun. She actually ended up having a child with him. And she later... Is she's referred to as his girlfriend. And the morning of the murders, he spent that morning at her house drinking. So he was pre-gaming at her house that morning. Pre-gaming,
0: pre-gaming to go murder people.
1: Yeah, she actually testified that she noticed one of her kitchen knives missing when he left her house that day. Are you freaking? I like how that. No. mm. Okay.
0: I'm so done. She
1: also testified that he would frequently say how much he hated Renee. And he actually admitted to driving by her house several times.
0: And you don't have the courtesy of contacting the police to be like, hey, um, the dude I'm dating is stalking somebody he attacked. Right. Before. So... I'm mad.
1: The information (laughs) over the course of the trial, some of his quote unquote good behavior came out from his time in prison. So in addition to the drug trafficking I already mentioned and the physical assault on other inmates, Mm -hmm. there was sexual assault on other inmates. What? There were some other things that came up. He was using drugs while in prison, which honestly not that surprising if you're trafficking drugs, you're probably using them. In prison. Some traffickers don't use their drugs.
0: Yeah, you don't use your own product. That's how you get Unless in trouble, man. you're in
1: prison. <laughs> he was known to carry a club under his clothing. Oh, God. He had multiple sightings against him for contraband. He attempted to assault a nurse because she refused to give him medication that he wanted.
0: Uh, Well, if it's not prescribed to you, you ain't getting it, fool.
1: Yeah, and then apparently there's this random story I found that I guess he broke a lunch tray in half with his bare hands. I don't know why, other than, like, maybe an intimidation thing. He was so angry, he I don't know. seems
0: very extra.
1: Apparently that was a thing that happened once. Campbell actually tried to file a change of venue. He wanted change his date to be out of state. Because he said that he wouldn't get a fair trial in Washington. Obviously, the judge denied it. Good. Other than that, he really didn't pay any attention during the rest of the trial. He refused to talk about the murders, and he refused to testify. Of course. His defense team basically didn't even try. Uh. I'm pretty sure they were convinced (laughs) he didn't, but they were like, man, we gotta do our job. How do we do our job? (laughs) Their defense was the police had tunnel vision and immediately honed in on this guy. And they called the whole thing a miscarriage of justice. Miscarriage of justice. Even though all this other evidence and shit was piled up against him.
0: Um, maybe it came to that point that they just kind of gave up. I mean, like like you said, they just kinda of like gave up. They're like, We had to do a job, but like, uh Yeah. We don't even want you winning this. <laughs>
1: yeah. At least so,
0: sometimes I hope that's kind of fun. I
1: actually I'm I'm gonna go back. I, I hope that wasn't the case because that's actually grounds for a mistrial. Oh. If they if the offender feels that their defense did not try everything in their power to get them off yeah. they can actually appeal a mistrial mm-hmm. due to insufficient what is it called insufficient
0: evidence or no, no.
1: or inadequate counsel okay inadequate counsel that's what it's called wow. look at her <laughs> so i i hope that that wasn't the thing because then that would have obviously it wasn't he didn't was get a retrial um but you you don't want to just give up like that you want mm. to give legitimate defenses and that could have been just the only legitimate defense they could think of yeah so the jury began deliberating on november 26th yeah. 1982 mm-hmm. it took them four hours to find him guilty <laughs> and they recommended the death penalty so yes. this jury is like
0: they quick <laughs> they're like get him out of here chair today
1: (laughs) well actually interesting you say the chair washington has two different methods
0: available so they have
1: death by hanging (gasps) or lethal injection Mm. the inmate gets to choose
0: crap i wanted him to
1: hang well well the whole thing is if the inmate refuses to choose the law in washington actually has a provision for that in this case Charles is a damn pussy, and he didn't choose. Washington state law at the time Mm -hmm. said that if the inmate doesn't choose, it automatically reverts to hanging. (gasps) Fuck yeah. (laughs) Campbell spent 12 years appealing his sentence to... And appeals go through a bunch of different courts. And basically... For all of our foreign listeners, I actually... I saw someone ask this question on a true crime group and the way I explained it because they didn't understand the appeals process. Okay. They're like, if you appeal once and you're told no, why do you get to appeal again? Yeah. So I explained it like this. Basically, you are home. You're the youngest child in the house and you want ice cream. So you go to your older sister and you say, hey, can I have ice cream? They say no. What do you do? You go to your older brother, older than your sister, say, hey, can I have ice cream? They say no. So you go to dad and say, hey, can I have ice cream? Dad says no. You go to mom, can I have ice cream? Mom says no. You keep going to more people until either you run out of people that tell you no or Mm -hmm. someone finally tells you yes. Oh, yeah. That's essentially a really boiled down version of the appeals process. But don't they only get so many? On a death sentence, you get to go all the way to the Supreme Court. That sucks. So Charles Campbell actually ended up making it to the Supreme
0: Court. Because nobody else wants this dude.
1: <laughs> they denied his petition. Good usually this would be the end of the appeals process oh, God. because there are specific statutes for what you can appeal for. Uh-huh. And I'm not going to go into it because like I said before, you guys, I wrote my senior thesis on this. <laughs> I got a lot of information in my head. I'm not going to go into it because I'm telling you it was a 70 page paper. You don't want to hear me talk about this for 70 pages. You already heard me at 29. <laughs>
0: I mean, honestly, actually, if people really want to end up hearing it, we could legitimately do an episode where you write. I mean, like you talk about. Honestly,
1: it I could post it on the website if people. Uh, you what? know, you guys, if you're interested in reading my senior thesis, let me know. I'll put it on the website. And you guys can read it. <laughs> um. Anyway, there are specific things that you can appeal for, and it's inadequate counsel. Mm-hmm. Um, if new evidence comes to light, you can use that for an appeal yeah but the whole appeals process it's it's kind of you have to use the same thing going on, so like what was he using? That's I think he was using his um his tunnel vision thing, okay, like and he was saying that it was a miscarriage of justice. this wasn't yeah. right. So when it finally went to the Supreme Court and they denied it, this should be the end of his yeah. appeals. They found a loophole, oh. His defense team, and I feel like they did way more work after the trial than they did during the trial, because Uh kudos to them for even thinking of this. This is really ingenious. They started appealing his sentence based on the fact that they said death by hanging was cruel and unusual punishment and was therefore unconstitutional, which started his whole appeals process again. Uh, Well, he could have (laughs) picked. That was his whole thing is. Uh, okay well uh by hanging is unconstitutional
0: we'll uh do the other method
1: (laughs) so i actually i want to take some time because of this argument i did some investigating into the uh into death by hanging specifically Mm -hmm. to see what the argument was for and against it's actually really interesting and Mm -hmm. i'm gonna read um it is it is from the 1969 u.s army manual And I guess it's like the actual statutes they use when they are doing execution by hanging. And so this is a quote from that manual. It says, For execution by this method, the inmate may be weighed the day before the execution and a rehearsal is done using a sandbag of the same weight as the prisoner. Hmm. This is to determine the length of drop necessary to ensure a quick death. If the rope is too long, the inmate could be decapitated, and if it is too short, strangulation can take as long as forty-five minutes. The rope, which should be three quarters of an inch to one and a quarter inches in diameter, must be boiled and stretched to eliminate spring or coiling. The knot should be lubricated with wax or soap to ensure smooth sliding action. That's like so it's really very it's thorough. very precise. Yeah. So it goes on and I didn't include it here, but there's actually rules on how you tie the knot, where the knot is placed. It actually, no. the the rules they use actually require the knot to be placed right behind the left ear because the torque necessary to mm-hmm. break your, and it's actually the cervical spine that they need to break. It can't be anywhere else. The cervical spine is what causes near, near immediate or immediate death. Uh-huh. Placing the knot behind either ear, they just chose left because standardization is important.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Placing it behind an ear actually provides the the force and the angle necessary to create that sharp break that's necessary to make this not a cruel form of death.
0: Yeah, that seems very laid out that it's not meant... I mean, even... In the little expert excerpt that you chose, it says, like, how to make it not cruel. I think they should make it shorter, though. (laughs) I think make the rope shorter for Charles. (laughs)
1: Well, no, they can't because... Dang it. That would mean it's unconstitutional. Unconstitutional. I actually found this... I don't know if I can call it a blog, but it was this whole write-up... About how this person had witnessed the hanging of a prisoner, yeah, I think it was Wesley Allen Dodd, mm-hmm. and that it was done improperly, oh, because they could tell just by watching it and based off the, mm-hmm. it was somebody who has done a ton of executions. They were like, this was done improperly. Wow, And they actually talked about Saddam Hussein's uh, execution, and they yeah. said his was not performed properly, interesting and not to these standards. And so there's a lot of debate on both sides, mm-hmm. like, is death actually instantaneous if you follow this? Or is there this window of pain where the person isn't quite dead and they can feel it? Like, that's where this argument comes from. Mm. So, while this argument was going on, there was actually a stay of execution placed. So, a, a pause that, you know, until we figure out if this is constitutional or not, yeah. we we have to hold off on his execution. On April 14th, 1994, the Washington State Court of Appeals of the Ninth Circuit lifted the stay because they were like, enough of this bullshit. <laughs> Let's move on. They're like, we're tired of this guy wasting our time. So then on May 3rd, Charles actually petitioned the Supreme Court again for another stay, saying that it was unconstitutional. And at this point, they just didn't
0: even answer him. <gasps> That's really sad when the Supreme Court doesn't even bother to answer you.
1: Well, the Supreme Court only hears, I think it's only like 100 some cases a year. And they get petitioned by so many that the the people that they don't answer, they're just, that's their answer.
0: Uh, (laughs) So
1: the Washington state governor at the time was Mike Lowry. Mm -hmm. And he was actually, like, opposed to the death penalty. Yeah. Sometimes when this happens, you can appeal directly to the governor, and Mm -hmm. the governor can commute your sentence to life in prison instead. Yeah. Oh, please say. The governor read the details of Charles Campbell's murders, and he refused to grant him a commutation. (laughs) Uh, Snaps for you, governor. (laughs) So his execution was set for May 27th. Good. Charles refused to eat most of his last meal. He's like a he's like he's, he's a, a fucking ch- child. He is a child.
0: It gets worse. Oh god.
1: He plopped himself down on the floor of his cell and refused to stand up. They actually had to pepper spray him to get him out of his cell.
0: <laughs> Just
1: do it right there let's be honest. Well and then they got him to the platform uh-huh. and he plopped down on the ground again. God. He would not get up. They actually had to take him and strap him to a board.
0: Good. And
1: then when they got him up, he actually had to be hung while strapped to this board because he was doing the ragdoll thing.
0: Oh, my God. He's so extra.
1: He kept moving his head around when the executioner was trying to put the noose and the cloak over his head. So it took them 90 seconds to get this thing over his head because he kept like moving his head around.
0: How many issues do you have to have to just not be like, I cannot avoid this?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, going back to that argument about the constitutionality, yeah. an autopsy of him confirmed that his cervical spine was fractured and that his death was instantaneous or Who? near instantaneous. Who? I mean, that's good. Good While, while guards were cleaning out his cell later, yeah. like after all of this, they found a four inch piece of metal that he was in the process of
0: sharpening into a knife. Did he want to kill himself or did he Oh, you know he didn't. He was going to try to kill other people.
1: But probably the guards.
0: Oh There's actually
1: it was not Mike Lowry, it was a different governor actually visited him on death row and he spat at them.
0: God. Like he is dude
1: is trash. He's just such such a child. I can't.
0: <laughs> the frustration so,
1: on your face the aftermath of this whole situation actually led to a few lawsuits yeah campbell's ex-wife sued the state for negligence because good one they allowed him to be released and yes. two they didn't take her seriously when she tried to like file something against him. yeah renee's mother filed a lawsuit t- seeking damages for negligence mm-hmm. because she lost her daughter and granddaughter Mm-hmm. She received a settlement. I could not find what the amount was. God, I wouldn't have. I would have been a bajillion million dollars or not. Or. Don Henderson, uh, Barbara's husband, <laughs> Bar- he, he actually received damages. He was granted damages for the negligence. Yeah, he received nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow, in today money, that is two million two hundred and seventy six dollars. And yeah, two million two hundred seventy six thousand dollars. Okay. Well, I mean, that's. I mean, that doesn't make make up for your wife, your perfect little wife. Yeah.
0: But that's a good chunk of change. That is a good chunk of change.
1: Washington State, because of what happened with Charles, they actually changed the law because he refused to choose they defaulted to hanging Mm -hmm. they actually changed the laws after charles so that the default was lethal injection so charles is actually the last execution by hanging in washington state interesting so i mentioned at the beginning of the show that something good came out of this whole thing it was not the execution
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm waiting for it (laughs) The massive
1: failure in the system yeah. of not notifying the sheriff's office and not notifying Renee uh-huh. led to legislation being passed that mandates that victims be notified when their offenders are released.
0: Good.
1: So that that's the really good thing that came out of yeah. all of this, that there is now actually a law that requires... I don't know if it's federal or just state, Mm -hmm. but at least in Washington state, they require victims to be notified when their offenders are released.
0: That's really interesting because I knew it was a law that they had to be notified Mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, I didn't know it was because of this, though. I thought it was always a thing. That's interesting. It was definitely
1: not always a thing. Which is, that's why I'm saying it is so crazy that I've, I've never heard a podcast cover this. Yeah. And... Suzanne says she's never heard a podcast cover this I actually looked I couldn't find any podcast. I found a couple blogs that covered it I couldn't find any actual podcasts that covered this which is so crazy to me this is because this really influential law was passed based on what happened here Uh and also the fact that he's the last hanging in Washington state And he's the one who influenced the change of the default being changed to lethal injection instead of death by hanging. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff that happened from this case. And I'm surprised no one's covered it.
0: Yeah, actually, I'm really, I'm really surprised. It's a good one. I mean. It's really interesting. It's interesting. It's not a good one. Actually, I was really mad this whole time. I know. So
1: (laughs) I've had a few days researching this, but like. I started researching this on my lunch break at work a few days ago. <laughs> and you had to stop, and I—I I wh- My head was in my hands, and my supervisor actually ended up walking by my office, and he yeah. saw me just standing there, like with my my face buried in my hands, and he was like, "Are you okay?"
0: No, because Charles Campbell is a thing. <laughs> he was a bean.
1: A bean. A being. Being. Okay.
0: But I did say bean. I'm pretty sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, that was the story of Charles Campbell and Screw him. Well, I take that back. That was the story of Renee Wickland.
0: Yeah, Renee is a badass. She was, and
1: it's j- it's same thing with Barb. Not okay. You know, I was tempted to call her Barb, but everywhere I saw her referred to as Barbara. Okay, so Barbara. that's that's why I referred to it as her full name because I it would have been easier to call her Barb sometimes. But <laughs>
0: Well, yeah. well, thanks for joining us on my anger rage. <laughs> I'm doing real good at making you guys angry. I'm sorry. She's getting all my angry
1: ones. <laughs> I'll try and choose something lighter next time or something. Ooh, I have something Jane just gave me a recommendation the other day.
0: Oh, yay. No, it's
1: it's a funny one.
0: Oh, okay, good. I like the funny ones. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping
1: if it doesn't turn into a rabbit hole, hopefully I can do it next time.
0: But okay. Dope.
1: Yeah um connect with us on instagram facebook check out our new website whoop whoop
0: new website
1: yeah uh actually i have a case suggestion form if you want to fill it out definitely do that
0: much appreciated
1: and you know we'll see you next time guys see you next time don't be a charles campbell be a good human
0: yeah just be a good human Bye. bye